an exciting opportunity this is for the Hoosier Sound here, as well as our partner with Indiana HQ. It's another special guest we have here on episode 204 of the Hoosier Sound, where we are the official podcast of Indiana HQ. Our mission and goal is simple. We want to bring in-depth analysis and coverage for IU sports to as many fans as possible across a multitude of modern platforms. We're recording this edition of the Hoosier Sound on Tuesday night, June 22nd, 2021, where I am your host, Nithin Krishnan, and I am so excited to introduce to all of you listening to us our special guest for tonight. They're the authors of the recent book, Heart of a Hoosier, which is a which is available in retailers wherever you like to find your books. And the authors joining us tonight are Del Didway. Didway, yes. And Michelle Medlock Adams. I'd like to welcome both of you to our podcast tonight. And I'm just going to start with the super big picture question. Del, we'll start with you and then move over to Michelle. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourselves and uh, what sort of inspired you to write uh, this book together. I'll do my best. Thank you for, for having us. We're, we're excited about this book. It launches officially here in just a couple of weeks. It is available now on, on pre-sale on Amazon, at, or of course at Indiana University Press, wherever books are sold and on down that run. Um, my background, I, I was I started out uh, when I graduated college uh, as a sports writer. The funnest job I ever had, even today, it's the funnest job I ever had. And uh, had a lot of opportunities um, you know, to do what I liked and follow, go to ball games and get paid for it. So that was, that was a blast. And then, um, you know, kids come along and, and, and <laughs> I, I like to eat and pay my bills. And so I wasn't able to do that. So I had to, had to migrate out, but I've always stayed in and always dabbled in, in, in sports writing. And then about five years ago, actually, uh, <laughs> it's kind of ironic, Michelle, because my co-author on this, I did not even know who she was at the time and reached out to her about writing because we had a similar background. And Michelle kind of took me under her wing I, I guess I should say that or, or else put me on a broom and we um, we uh, she she taught me the ropes as far as uh, publishing as far as write, you know book writing and uh, lo and behold uh, she was uh, tolerant enough to uh, to bring me along on, a, on this wonderful project called Harva Hoosier because I'd written some sports devotional some sports motivational books as well and it just was fitting we we get along well she's like the sister she, oh, she liked a sister I never had, and I'm the brother she always wanted. So that's how we, we kind of met. We, we, we have the same agent. And so that, it, it was just a natural fit for us. You know, we, we, we both love sports. We both like basketball. And um, that, that was the motivation because my agent and I, and we both had the same agent, um, had written a book about um, football, about the team up north. And so we thought, what better avenue other than Indiana basketball? because it's, it's tradition, it's um, integrity, it's about winning, it's, it's uh, legends. So it was just a great fit. I love that. Yeah. And uh, in case those of you listening didn't pick up, Dell's got a little Ohio State blood in him. So, so hopefully you don't uh, stop listening here. He's well-informed, well-educated, and he put together this incredible book. The full name of it, by the way, is Heart of a Hoosier, a year of inspiration from IU men's basketball. So Michelle, I'm going to ask you the same questions. Tell the listener a little bit about the listeners a little bit about yourself and what sort of drove you to uh, drove your passion to write this book. This, I think this is one of those heart projects I'd hoped to write my whole life just because I'm such a diehard IU fan. I'm an IU grad, School of Journalism. I know it's called Media Arts now, but when I was there, Ernie Pyle School of Journalism is where I was. 
um, got my degree and began my career writing for a newspaper in Southern Indiana. Um, actually, the Bedford Times Mail is where I got my start. I started one step above the obituary writer. <laughs> I covered the police beat, if anybody knows that, um, and worked my way up through education, entertainment. And eventually, I got to write in the sports department. I was only only female in the sports department and fought my way to, for that spot and loved it. Um, my boss, Bob Bridge, who is still my mentor over these years, was a great boss, taught me everything there was to know about writing sports. And I just loved my years there. You know, gosh, I, I didn't get to cover too much of the IU basketball. Um, that was for Bob. <laughs> Bob covered that. But I went to all the games because my parents, uh, part of the Hoosier 100, we had we had season tickets. So from the time I was six years old, I was going to IU games, just always a diehard IU fan. It was, you know, my goal to graduate from IU. I did that. And then it kind of comes full circle to get to write a book about one of my great loves in life. I mean, it's, it's always been a love affair. Sometimes it, there's, there's been some dark times, <laughs> basketball, but I've never been unloyal. I've always loved him. And so, uh, and Dell and I, it really was just a great fit. He really is like, um, an aggravating brother, I would say, uh, an older brother, I might add. And I really have enjoyed getting to write with him. We, we did meet through LinkedIn, believe it or not, one of those social media platforms that, that ended up being a good thing. He reached out about writing and we just clicked. And I think we talked two and a half hours that first, that first night. I'm good friends with his wife, Angie. He's, he's friends with my husband, Jeff, and we, we kind of do life together. So it, it was a great fit to be able to write this book about basketball. We both love basketball. Um, I tried to convert him to be an IU basketball fan. I haven't given up yet. <laughs> and so uh, we'll tolerate him and his love for his home state. But, you know, he's a good guy other than that. Well, the, the wins and the losses, to be perfectly honest, right? to, uh, to Dell haven't, haven't been quite, uh, quite all that convincing. But before we started tonight, uh, the three of us were just talking about how uh, you know, just recently, Indiana has been more in the news for the stuff uh, in the offseason rather than during the season with bringing Mike Woodson on. And Michelle, let's almost start with that. I know you're a big IU basketball fan. How excited are you to see Mike Woodson take over this Indiana men's basketball program? I mean, I think I did a toe touch in my living room the night that I read about it online. I was like, are you kidding? I kept trying to verify. Is this for real? Is this for real happening? Like, I didn't know if it was just an urban legend or because there have been so many other names thrown out, right? And I just wasn't sure. So to find out it was actually true, I was so excited. I think this is going to be a new beginning um, and a start of a new era. I think we talked about this a little bit before we started the show. Anybody who knows the coach has good things to say about him. They, I mean, former players, former, you know, colleagues, everybody, everybody seems to like him. They respect him. And we know he's got proven track record. And, and I just feel like somebody like Woodson, he knows the program. He knows the fans. He knows the importance of IU basketball. Um, I think we needed that. I think we needed we needed somebody who was sort of homegrown. And I, I I'm I'm more excited than I've been in many many years about this upcoming season. And the fact that because COVID, the restrictions have been lifted, and we're going to maybe get to go back into Assembly Hall. I just heard. So like all those are such pluses. Like what a great new beginning for all of us. This is the year, y'all. I'm excited. Absolutely. I think uh, a lot of Hoosier Nation shares that excitement as well. Uh, Del, let's dive into the book a little bit more. Uh, I know you you spend a lot of time and labor and effort in putting this together. Just kind of walk us through some of the key uh, key topics in the book and, and sort of how we can fit the checklist of what an IU basketball fan is looking for. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, it is 52 chapters. Uh, they're, they're, you know, the idea is to write, you know, is to read one a, one a week if possible. 
um, try to start your Saturday or Sunday morning now with a, with a quick motivational hit. These chapters about thousand ish, 1200 words. So it's not real long. So it's going to take you seven, eight, nine minutes to, to breeze through a chapter and you'll find anything from some, some recent moments and memories to some old nostalgic, um, moments. One of, you know, a couple of chapters that, that I wrote, um, you know, dealt with the, uh, um, you know, what's, what's your motivation, you know, and, and part of, as I think it's chapter one is, it's, is what's your motivation. And that deals with the William Tell overture, which is always played uh, <laughs> during the game and the motivation behind that and how it gets people going, how it gets the fans going, how it gets the players going. And the, the challenge to the, to the reader is what, what gets you going? You know, what, what's your motivation? What's something that's going to inspire you? Is it going to be your kids? Is it going to be your spouse? Is it going to be your job? Um, your, your hobby? Uh, so that's what we try to do. I, I, in that chapter, I, I gave a little history of, uh, about how that actually started. And then, then we use that to kind of uh, to try to persuade or influence or motivate the reader to, to examine themselves at that point. And uh, so you're going to find things like that. You're going to find things like, I think, Michelle wrote about the, uh, about the candy stripes. So you know, what was behind that? That's kind of cool. But then we go into some old nostalgic memories, great moments, great plays, great players, great coaches. So it kind of goes back a little time and it comes up to some more modern games. Uh, you know, we talk about Cody Zeller, we talk about uh, Coach Knight. So in some, some great moments during their careers. So again, they're, they're, they're short chapters. They're broken down in, in, into four sections you know, because, you know, the, each game's do, well, in, in, in college basketball, it's halves, but um, a lot of four quarters. So sure. that's, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. And Michelle, as someone who, who came into this with, with such a, a big time uh, affection for IU basketball, what were your expectations going into this writing process? And was, were there any surprises along the way? <laughs> You know, anytime you co-author with somebody and I've co-authored, I have over a hundred books I've done and probably maybe 10 of those I've co-authored over the years, but this is my first one with Dell. So it's sort of a learning curve writing with somebody else. And so we had to, we kind of fought over, well, not really fought, but, you know, battled over who gets to write this story. Like there were, there were some natural things. If you only get 52 chapters, we're going to do one for each week. And there's so many wonderful players and coaches and, and those moments that are replayed over and over again that, you know, back in the day, my dad had VHS tapes and we would tape the IU games. And then we would always tape over the ones where we didn't win, <laughs> right? But the ones that were those magic moments, the, you know, the, the shot at the buzzer, those, we would watch those over and over again. You know, there were so many of those, like, how do you choose? How do you just choose just a few? And then how do we not choose the same one? So Dell and I, a couple of times, I'm like, listen, I'm the IU grad, I'm the IU fan, I get to do this one. You'll have to pick another. So I did trump them on a couple, but um, it was just, it was really, a, I think I, I knew I was going to enjoy it. I didn't know how much because not that I thought, think I'm an authority on all things IU, but I, you know, I went in knowing a lot just because I've grown up with this and I love it so much that you read a lot about it, even if you're not writing about it. And um, I learned a lot in the writing of this book and, and just I got to relive some of the best memories, some of the best IU memories. It, it's sort of like, 
you know, when you go to a concert and the band you loved in high school and they're playing all the old songs that you just, you know, maybe you had your first kiss to, or, you know, like did they just bring back so many great memories and then they play their the new stuff and you're like, what's this? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> this song? So like, we didn't really talk a lot about some of the recent things because well, we know why yeah, you know, there wasn't yeah. a lot of magic going on. So we really, you're probably going to see some new, well, maybe we have to do a volume two as we're starting this new era, but we did hit a lot of, of the fan favorites. And then we tried to bring some things out that maybe even those who are diehards wouldn't know, uh, you know, like the history of the IU fight song and, and the, and the candy striped, um, those, the warm up pants and, yeah. and it's maybe some game moments that were overlooked that we found to be really interesting. And so it, we mm. did divide it into different sections. There's which I think is good because even if you're not a, a real huge basketball fan, but you're just a sports fan in general, you somehow came across this podcast. I think you'll enjoy it because there's just some good stuff in here. Uh, there's IU traditions, then monumental moments and games. Then there's a section on IU players and then a section on IU coaches. And so uh, the, the biggest section is the one on the players, but it was tough to, to just pick a few players. My goodness, there's so many good ones and so many of my favorites, but we, we, I think that the fans will be pleased with the ones we chose. And, and if you're not, then we'll just do another one and add the others. The book's meant to be motivational uh, overall, but there are, there are a couple of chapters that, you know, Indiana didn't win. So how to deal with, how, yeah. how to deal with defeat. How to handle uh, loss. That's right. How to handle yeah. a loss, how to, how to motivate yourself after something goes awry. So not everything's great, but majority of them is very positive, but there are a couple of losing moments that sure. Indiana doesn't lose that much, but still. <laughs> but we do learn from those losses. And, yeah. you know, the fact that this is a motivational book, because it's, it says even in the title, you know, a year of inspiration from yeah. IU men's basketball. We, both Dell and I write quite a bit in the inspirational market. In fact, many of our books are um, you know, what they call devotionals, which are sort of a way to start your day and get your mindset going the right direction. And so we wrote this very much the same, just with that inspirational feel. So we'll relive a, a cool historic moment in IU basketball, something that was monumental or, or changed the face of IU basketball, like some really big moments. And then we'll apply that to how does that apply to your life? How can you come out a winner? And like Dell was talking about some of the losses, some of the times when it, it didn't end up like we thought, it would or should have a call we didn't like or whatever. How, how did we grow from that? How do we grow from that in life when things don't always turn out as we hope that they will? And it seems unfair. What do you do with that? I know one of the chapters I wrote about was um, when our uh, Tom Crean was, was fired and, and, mm -hmm. you know, let go. And after he'd been named big, big 10 coach of the year, like just uh, like the, the year previous, before, yeah, the he, it just season. seemed like the timing was so odd, you know, and I, and I talk about in the chapter and like, you know, you feel, I mean, I'm sure that kind of came out of the blue for him too, but I mean, you win coach of the year and then, and all some accolades, but you just don't hit the numbers. You know, IU fans were the IU, the IU nation, we expect excellence because that's what we've always had. So he, he didn't get to stay as long as I've been sure he wanted. But then as I, as I read his comments later after he'd been fired and he, you know, he landed in Georgia, but he talked about his he kind of reflecting on his time at IU, he never said anything bitter. You know, he only talked about positives and how much he loved the IU family and the fans and his time there. He handled it with grace and as a winner should handle things. And then, you know, he's a little sports broadcasting. And then before long, by I think just a year later, he was at this new program and look what he's done there. So it just seems like um, he was a good example to many. A lot of us really liked him. He's always, I liked him very much personally, but I think that um, it was a great example to how to handle when life doesn't always hand you 
exactly what you'd hope for. I mean, sure. I'm sure that was the last thing he was wanting. And then to have to pick up and start again in the midst of lots of scrutiny and people saying things aren't very kind about you, but he handled it the right way. And so those kinds of things where we, we, we will point out things through IU basketball that we can learn from. You can learn from anything in life, but these are this is going to be the, the subject matter that all IU fans will be excited to learn from, probably, probably memories that they have. I love it. I love this, this positive vibe that we're getting here. You know, that's we have more podcasts like this. Um, and, uh, you know, you were talking about, you know, yeah, it's, it's almost like getting a peek behind the curtain and, you know, whether it's the coaches that you watch on TV or the players, uh, they are all human beings. So all of you remember that before you go on Facebook uh, or, or Twitter next time. Uh, right. That's right. <laughs> it's uh, it can get as, as, as the person who runs the uh, Indiana HQ uh, Twitter account during games. A lot of the times I it, uh, it can get pretty heated for IU basketball fans. But hey, if you're telling me, Michelle, that uh, the that Tom Green said, you know, overall the the feeling he's gotten from Hoosier Nation is a positive one. Well, that's that's a good sign that most of the fans are, are doing things correctly. Or he just wasn't reading some of the posts. <laughs> <but> either way, <laughs> might be might be for the best. Might be for the best. Uh, Dell, right. Dell, as you were. Going through and, and, and putting this book together, is there a particular story or, or chapter that stands out to you that you really wanted to bring to the forefront without giving away too much about the book? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, each chapter is different. Uh, yeah, we were talking before the show obviously started that, you know, one of one of the ones I really wanted to do, um, and we talked about it, is, um, you know, I, I had loved, I didn't follow Indiana basketball uh, per se as much, but I did love Bob Knight. Love the way he coached. Uh, he's a he's a he's a man's man. He's a, uh, a a tough as nails coach, and I and I like that in a coach. I like a guy who will demand excellence, not per se in your performance, but in your attitude and how he. That's what he wants. He wants you to make the effort and not make excuses. And so one of the ones that I wanted to do was take the incident, you know, back in February 23rd, 1985, I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school when this happened with the, with Purdue, you know, Purdue got off to a fast start and um, within five minutes, Indiana had six fouls. Uh -oh. and, um, uh -oh. Everyone protect yeah, your chairs, so, protect your chairs. Yeah. So the technical <laughs> fouls called and Bob Knight's sulking up and down, walking up and down the sidelines and they're all alone is this chair. And Bob Knight had to do something he thought. So he picks up the chair as the, the, the kid from Purdue getting ready to shoot a foul shot. And here comes a chair with a mine. And I remember watching, I remember watching that going, oh my gosh, did this just happen? And so I, and, you know, I didn't like that per se, but I liked the way Bob Knight was standing up for his team, the way Bob Knight was defending himself and defending his players. And, you know, the, the, the spit on that is I try to take that, what a lot of, folks deemed as a negative episode and turned into a positive because the fans were behind Bob. Um, he was a fiery coach. And again, his team wasn't playing well. He didn't, he, I guess Bob never complained about the referees. So, um, <laughs> so he gets his technical foul on him because he's got six fouls in five minutes. So something's got to change and it got the attention, you know, Indiana loses that game, but still that the game was the after the game was a sidebar. The incident of throwing the chair, tossing the chair, was the story of that game. But so we challenged the reader in that aspect. Things aren't going to go your way every day. You're going to have obstacles coming your way. How, how are you going to handle it? 
you know, Bomb Knight's a legend. I loved his style. Um, that one moment, not his best, but you know what? He kept going and he kept winning. And, he, you know, I think he learned from it. A lot of folks learn from it. You don't do that per se, but you have to do something to blow off steam, whether it's, um, you know, take a walk or uh, go volunteer somewhere. Do something. If something's not going your way, put somebody else first and see what happens. Step back before you act that way to cause somebody to look at you and go, he should have done that. Should, should he have done that? I don't know. He did it. I guess no one got hurt, you know. No one got hurt, you know. <laughs> Maybe and a chair, a chair got. Man. What would happen today, you know, <laughs> if it goes to today? Just a different time. But you know, you, you look at Bob's enthusiasm and his desire for his team to get the most out of them, and that's why I think he did that sort of. But the, again, the challenge is to find something uh, when things don't go your way to turn it around for you without. Without throwing something. <laughs> I was at that game. I remember I was a sophomore in high school. And I, really? Yes. Oh, Tell yes. Tell me more. Tell I was, me more, Michelle. I was in high school, so you are older. Okay. No, I'm younger than you. Thank you very much. Yeah, oh, I was at that college. Okay. No. Wait, so you were there. What was, what, how crazy was that? It was complete insanity. It was one of those things where it happened and you're like, did that just happen? Yeah. Like, you, like you're sure you're sure that you somehow, cause I'm only five foot three on a good day. So I'm even with my hair poofed up, I'm really short. So I'm, we're all standing and you're like, what? Oh my gosh, did that really just happen? I remember looking at my sister and, and actually saying, did that just happen? <laughs> did, that, did that really just happen? Like you, you just couldn't believe it. And exactly what you said, the, the game became sort of the footnote. It was just, mm. I mean, but the thing is, IU Nation, we're always backing him. So we're like, yeah, <laughs> cheers. Like you're just, because you're just caught up in the momentum and the injustice of it all. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It, yeah. Those are, those are those moments that you're just, I don't know, you're glad to be alive. Um, one of the guys who, yeah. who, who wrote an endorsement for us, he, he's on the back. Uh -huh. I know Jeff Ramey really well. Uh, Jeff's, uh, he played baseball in Indiana. His roommate his roommate, and I didn't know this till after, till afterwards, his roommate's dad was the one who called the technical. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> it's like, really? I, I'd love to have known that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the story in that game is that unfortunately Indiana uh, did not end up winning. Right, they, uh, they lost the game. <laughs> and I, nope. don't know if, I don't know if people know that in all seriousness yeah. when you think about uh when you think about that specific day and that specific moment, uh, but yeah. Well, they don't know that. They probably wouldn't know who won or lost that game. It's the, that's what you were saying. Yeah. Wasn't the story. Uh, and uh, and so, yeah, I know. In case, uh, for those of you who are just joining us, we're here with Del Didwai and Michelle Adams, who co-wrote the book Heart of a Hoosier, uh, which uh, will be officially released in a couple of weeks, wherever you're, you find your books, your favorite bookstore. And yeah. Uh, excited to announce that on this podcast tonight we're giving away a couple of free uh, yeah. copies of the book and it's not going to be on this podcast specifically but as i mentioned on twitter the only way you're going to figure out how to win these copies is by listening to this podcast or checking out our youtube bio or the uh, bio of this particular podcast episode the description of this podcast episode wherever you find podcasts and here's the deal what you've got to do is whenever you listen to this podcast, after you're done, go to this following URL, wherever on your phone, on your computer, you name it, 
you go to bit.ly slash Hoosier giveaway. It's that simple. Bit.ly slash Hoosier giveaway. Again, the link will be posted in our description to this YouTube stream. will be posted in the description to the audio whenever you download it. And if you're lucky, you'll win one of two copies that we're giving away thanks to our partnership with IU Press, thanks to our uh, opportunity to speak here with Dell and Michelle. So we're super excited over here at the Hoosier Sound and at Indiana HQ uh, in order to spread the word about this book because as far as what I'm concerned so far as an IU basketball uh, follower myself, I'm pretty excited as far as what I'm hearing to hear about these details and stories they can get as well as how to connect it to well, your life. And, and you know, uh, hats off to, uh, to IUP. It's a great cover. Yeah, it's it is a beautiful. Good looking book. It's it's going to grab your attention whether you like him or not. You're going to say, "Hey, that's a good looking book." <laughs> yeah. And so there's a great cover on them. The marketing is doing great. Wonderful, yeah. And for those of you, hopefully, this is uh, this is why you watch the YouTube stream because uh, Dell and Michelle both just put up uh, a copy of the book, and you can see uh, over on YouTube exactly what that book looks like. Uh, Michelle, I'm going to kind of ask you the same question I asked Dell a couple of minutes ago, and that is, as you were kind of going through this process, I know we've mentioned the candy stripes a couple of times, yeah. but you don't have to pick that one. You don't at all. Uh, we can save that for when people actually buy the book, but was there a particular story or experience that took you back uh, as you were going through the writing process for this book? There were a couple. One that I wrote was more about... Um, it wasn't necessarily about a specific game, but it was about, I mentioned this earlier, my my dad and mom were just huge IU fans. It was a religion at our house. We didn't miss an IU game, like ever. It just didn't happen. I mean, if it was a blizzard conditions, we'd get the sled dogs out. Like we were on our way to, to Bloomington. We lived in Bedford. Just loved, always loved him. And it, my dad would, not only would we be at the games, but then he would also tape all of the games. Back then it was a VHS tape. So he would tape all of the games. And then if we lost, we would tape over those games. But if we won, we would watch him over and over again. And, and it was so fun to, I mean, when, when my dad, he's now in heaven, when he passed away in 2004, um, uh, the only thing that there was ever a fight over between my sister, and my brother and I was who was going to get dad's tapes. Like we're, we're going to put them all on DVD so we could all have them because we, there's such, there's such memories of sitting down and watching those games with my dad. He had a special little viewing room at, at the house, whatever house he was in, he, that's what we do. And I would go back and some of my best memories with my dad were just sitting watching, re-watching IU games and re-watching all the championship games and the, the shot heard around the world, those kind of things. And I just remember um, it was so fun to watch these games because we knew that we won. It's sort of like when you've seen a movie and you know how it ends. So you can enjoy it so much more the second time. The first time you're like on pins and needles and you're like, can't even go, you know, get up to go get popcorn because you're so afraid you're going to miss something. But uh, watching these games, knowing that I, you would win, I could, you could just enjoy it and just relax. And so kind of the motivation or the lesson of that is, you know, wouldn't it be great if life was like that? If we could just go into it with this winning attitude, knowing that it's all going to be okay. And sometimes you just have to take that mindset and just, just knowing that it's going to, it's going to turn out. Okay. That just changes your whole countenance when you go into it with that attitude. But that was, that was one of the things I recalled. Another thing I talk about is in one of the stories is, you know, when I graduated high school, everybody, pretty much everybody at, in Bedford, Indiana, I mean, if you weren't an IU fan, you could possibly be a Kentucky fan because we're further south. <laughs> and uh, there was there was one or two Purdue fans, but they didn't show their faces too often. Ooh, okay. But, you know, pretty much you were an IU fan. And, and if you weren't, you just didn't talk about it. It was just, you know, you just sort of kept it quiet because you'd have a lot of people who wouldn't be your friend. 
So I didn't know too many non-IU fans. And when I, my first year of college, I didn't go to Indiana University like I wanted to. My parents said, hey, Michelle, we'll pay for your college. You'll have no student debt if you'll go to a small college your first year and then transfer to IU after that. I think they were afraid I was going to be too wild or something. I promise I was a good kid. (laughs) I went to a little Christian school called Asbury College, Asbury University, and right outside of Lexington. So you can imagine there wasn't a whole lot of IU fans in that Uh area. It was uh a lot of the big blue machine going on, (laughs) a lot of people in in UK colors. And so um, I had a little red Fiero. Remember the little red plastic cars back in the day? I was so proud of that car. And I had an IU fan sticker right on the bumper because it matched my car. It was so cute. And and um, I, I drove that down there, not even thinking, because like, you know, that was an okay thing. I mean, I had people running me off the road and <laughs> they, were, they were waving signals at me, not kind ones. I mean, it was, you know, oh. there, it was really not, uh, and I could never, I couldn't figure out why people were not so welcoming. And I realized it's the IU sticker in the back. And so I, I quickly learned that in, uh, in the UK land, I wasn't so uh, easily welcomed. And it was just kind of about standing for something. You know, I talk about John Cougar Mellencamp, another big uh, IU fan. And one of his songs, he says, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. I was just, I was belligerent in my IU fandom. <laughs> Even in the middle of, of UK fans, I was going to take one for the team. But, it, you know, it just, just how um, there are IU fans, no matter where I go, all over the world, when I travel for my job as a journalist, I, you'll see people with their IU, in Disney World one time, I saw a guy with an IU fan or just IU hat on. And like, we talked the whole time we were waiting in line to go on one of the rides, which was like four hours. We just talked about reminiscing about pretty much many, many things that are in this book. Uh, just, just reliving some great IU basketball moments. IU fans would like this big, huge, dysfunctional family. We just, you know, we like to, we like to get together and reminisce. And that's what this book is all about. And so there are a lot of those kinds of stories in the book, but I love that no matter where I go in this, in this crazy world of ours, you can almost always find an IU fan that'll reminisce with you, whether you're waiting at a, you know, at a restaurant, get ready to get on a plane or a Disney world waiting in line. It's just kind of nice. I can vouch for that. And the good news is, you know, more and more and more planes and trips to Disney world are happening nowadays as we snap out of the pandemic. So, uh, (laughs) so I think, uh, yeah, Hoosier Nation will run into each other and maybe uh, celebrate uh, the Mike Woodson hiring or the newest player to commit to the program or whatever, as, as y'all keep moving around Uh, real quick, kind of on that note, I know a lot of you uh, listen to our podcast to get updates on IU football or IU men's basketball. And I just want to make sure that all of you listening know that uh, if you're looking for updates on the most recent football commitments, especially Travell Mullen, the defensive back, the younger brother of Taiwan, who chose Indiana over places like Penn State and Oregon, or if you want to hear more about Isaiah Jones or Josh Hoover, as well as some of uh, the, the, the basketball recruits in the 2022 class that have cut their list down, you can all head over to indianahq.com or follow us on social media at indianahq or at the Hoosier Sound to find all the news that you need. There's been plenty that's come down through the pipeline over the course of the last week. The Supreme Court came down with the key decision uh, concerning the NCAA as well. And we've got uh, an article up on our site about that through our legal expert, Mike Pudlow, who put that together. So uh, for those of you who want to hear more and learn more about all the big IU news that's come down over the course of the last week, like I said, you can head over to indianahq.com as well as follow us at indianahq on Twitter or at the Hoosier Sound. Uh, Del, we were just talking about this a minute ago as far as the pe- you know, people returning back to normal as much mm-hmm. as possible after the pandemic. How did COVID-19 affect 
the coming together of this book that was something I was interested in was everything done before the pandemic hit or did the did the COVID-19 situation throw you a curveball or two no we had almost I believe the show with about 90 percent of it was finished it before was. that because yeah. you know in the in the publishing world you get something finished and completed and it takes sometimes a year or else a little over a year for the book to actually come out so actually we were um we were basically done with it by the time COVID hit, which was a big relief, but we, we just did a lot of it, um, either talking or else emailing or, you know, things like that, just communication that way. Cause we live about four and a half, five hours apart. So, um, it was basically done. Um, and we'd had some other projects working on. So we actually the, the, the timing of it now is good because right before, you know, getting ready to, to tip off soon and with a new coach with the excitement, cause every, anytime there's change, there's always excitement. Yes. And there's always interest. So this is a good time for the book uh, to be coming out. So we're real excited about that. And, and we want to mention real quick here that if anybody's uh, in the in the St. Louis area on August 15th, we're going to have a lot more events, but we do have a book signing. Michelle and I will be at the Barnes & Noble at Mid-River, uh, which is 320 Mid-River Center in St. Peter's, just a little west, northwest of St. Louis, not 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 too far be August 15th from one to three. Come by and uh, Michelle will sign a book for you. <laughs> you I'll like sign too, even since you wrote done. some of the chapters. <laughs> I, I wrote a couple. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, Michelle, you, you talk about how you had kind of a journalism background. You've written, uh, I think you said almost a hundred books. I mean, what, yeah. talk, talk me through a little bit. What, what's life like as an author? And, you know, maybe you can look at it from an IU basketball sports writing perspective as well, because I've got to think, you know, it takes, it, it's got to be sort of a different lane of thinking than just a casual IU basketball fan who's tuning into games on a, on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. It, you know, it's true. And I, and I have over a hundred books and I'll tell you more than half of those books are for children. So they didn't take quite as long to write, <laughs> but, but still, you know, to get them published, um, they're all, they're all traditionally published, but yes, I, the journalism degree from IU is, has served me well. I'm, I'm so grateful for my IU education. I say that all the time when I speak to different, uh, you know, groups of kids who, who are thinking about going into sports writing or journalism of some sort. I'm, Every place I've ever gone, that degree from IU has opened up a door for me. So I'm so, so thankful for IU and uh, loved, loved, loved what I learned there and I've, I've applied it well. But the thing that I think has, has brought success, not only has God just opened up doors, but I think mm-hmm. that um, when you're a journalist and when you're working for a newspaper, that was some of the best training in the world, covering sports yeah. where you have to come up. Sometimes I'd write three and four stories a night before mm-hmm. we had to file for them, you know, for the paper, mm-hmm. you, you go cover it, then you come back and write it. Then you, you know, you had to go through proofing, come back and you had, you had nothing to go to to cover. It was just yeah. three and four stories a day. You learn how to write quickly and concisely and, and as accurately as possible. You learn how to fact check, you know, while you're, while you're driving. I mean, it was just, <laughs> those are nutty days. And, and um, yeah. it was the best training for everything that has come in my life. I do a lot of ghost writing when I'm not writing my own books for, for sports figures and for uh, celebrities of different kinds. And uh, it's also been, served me well to just, you know, to be able to talk about some of the, the glory days and some of the sports I covered. I think it's not always expected um, that, I don't know, I don't sometimes look the part, but yeah, I was a sports writer for a bit. And so it, it's, it's just served me well. I'm just really yeah. grateful. But putting together all these different books, I think the thing that has helped me is just that, that foundation of journalism in the newsroom. 
I mean, I'm not kidding you that those were some killer days that days I didn't think I would survive where you work like 15 hours or 16 hours. Sometimes, you know, as much as 16 hour days covering stuff, it was in the, in the middle of a tournament or something. And you just thought like, have I eaten today? <laughs> Did I, you know, you just, just crazy, crazy times, but such fun times too. And just, oh man, I learned so much from Bob Bridge and Justin Soakland and Justin Soakland's a UK fan. I can't believe I just mentioned Ooh, his name, uh-oh. but I did learn some great writing from him and from Jeff Bartlett and some of the guys in the newsroom. Just those were, those were glory days for me. And I loved every minute of it. And it really did set me up for success in my career. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. I was, I was just curious to hear, you know, what it's like, uh, you know, from an author's perspective, uh, Del sort of, you know, really related to that along, along those lines, what advice would you give to those in the media today who, who sort of go and cover games on a day-to-day basis, whether it's new trends, like, you know, integrating social media and things like that. Cause I know everyone who's listening to this podcast right now, follows some sort of Twitter account or some sort of Facebook page. Yeah. What should, uh, what should IU basketball fans be looking for as far as the people who cover their team or the football team or things like that? Well, it's odd because I, I have taught some, I have taught sports journalism at, uh, at our local university as an adjunct professor, as far as, you know, how it has changed because, you know, back when, I wrote sports and, and when Michelle wrote sports, it, it, it was different, it, but it, it was so much fun. It's fun now, but still, uh, you know, you'd write your story and, and it would, it would make you work on a deadline. I mean, I'd, I'd come back from a, uh, from a football game and I would have 25 minutes to have it in and, you know, had to be ready to go, had to be accurate, had to have your quotes, but you know, what, what I teach or what I taught uh, last year before COVID uh, kind of shut us down was, um, it is different today as far as social media because people want instant um, information. So when I'm covering the Bengals, um, it's it's just constant Twitter. It's every it's updates every four you know three or four plays. You're doing an update, and then people are going to follow you. Then you interact, and then they're going to look to you as the expert, and they're going to f- want to get information from you because today it's about who who are you, you know, not just because there's so much competition out there. It's not just the local paper anymore there's there's so many sports writers so you're trying to get your own following and then you're updating and you're interacting so you're always posting something uh and then then they're then they're gonna and then you always tease them you know i'll have game recap real soon i'll have interviews coming up soon and you do some live videos during those times as well to get them to keep them engaged because they're because they're gonna go somewhere else so i think uh with, with iu basketball obviously the sports writers know what they're doing uh they're also well known. There are those sports writers covering sports writers who cover a well known program like Indiana basketball or you know Ohio State football. They they have respect to us. They wouldn't be they wouldn't have that beat sure. because that's the moneymaker. Yeah. So they're going to have good writers <laughs> writing those. Right. So it's the following and it's the interaction that's going to keep that reader uh, engaged. Yeah, and I think uh, and I think we've definitely got some uh, some followers and listeners to our podcast that can attest to that. You know, mm-hmm. keep that engagement going. We're here for you at Indian HQ and at the Hoosier Sound. In case you missed it today, tonight we're being joined by Dell and Michelle, who wrote the book "Part of a Hoosier." Who and uh, you can find that wherever you find uh, your favorite books. Uh, in when it's officially released in a couple of weeks. We also announced earlier on this podcast that we're lucky to give away two free copies of the book, which you can find at the URL 
bit.ly slash Hoosier giveaway. And we're going to post that in the description to this podcast on YouTube, as well as on the audio download page, wherever you find our podcast, places like Apple, Spotify, you name it. Just a, a couple big picture questions to wind down for both of you. Uh, Del, I know you said you've traveled uh, around the Big Ten footprint. You've been to Ohio State. You've written a book about Michigan. Based on your experience putting this book together, what what makes IU different, IU basketball different? You know, what has stood out to you about this program during your process uh, putting this book together as someone who has seen uh, different perspectives around the Big Ten? Yeah, I guess my, my, my first book was about Ohio State football. And then we recently, through IUP, wrote a book about in, uh, Michigan football. Kind of had to. My agent played at Michigan. So kind of kind of twist my arm on that. And that's also Michelle's agent, Kyle Young. We want, we want to thank him for this opportunity as well. But, uh, you know, what I like is I, I don't have a certain quote-unquote team I follow per se. You know, of course, in, in certain sports, like in Ohio, you have to like, you know, you have to like the Buckeyes, right? And and in Indiana, you probably pretty good bet going to like Indiana basketball. And it's the tradition that I like, like as far as baseball, I, I'm kind of a Yankees guy. I like that tradition, not just winning, but the, the but the tradition. And uh, in, in basketball, it was it was always I, I, I fell in love with the way Bob Knight coached. So I always had a draw to watch Indiana basketball and football at Ohio State. So it's that legacy that I like that that um, tough as nails kind of thing that uh, you either put forth the effort or you go home. It's not so much about winning's a good thing. But the tradition, the integrity, uh, you know, I, I like the fact that Indiana doesn't have names on the back. You know, they're a team. So that's it's something true, right? they, don't, yep. they don't put a, a name before the team. So things like that is what, I, you know, the Yankees do the same thing. So that's kind of the things that I look for and I like in, in, in a ball team. And so that's why I always have had an attraction in Indiana basketball mm -hmm. because of, of, the, of the tradition and just the excitement that they have. I've never been there. I've never been to a game there. Yeah. But I always found myself, if, if I was a young kid, you know, hey, Indiana basketball. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if Bob Knight throws something this game. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So uh, that always intrigued me. I love it. I love it. Yeah, the pageantry, the history of Assembly Hall or IU basketball. Uh, that's been, that's something you can absolutely find if you go out and you get this book for you yourself as an IU basketball fan or your friends or your family who are big IU basketball fans or Big Ten basketball fans mm -hmm. or Big Ten athletics or college yep. sports fans. Of course, uh, you know, it's not exactly a, a one lane type of thing. Uh, Michelle, I know you know what makes IU special, so <laughs> I'm not going to ask you that question. Um, <laughs> as you look ahead, you know, what sort of interesting lessons did you learn uh, from putting this book together that you think IU fans can take with them going forward uh, as far as this program is concerned? We've talked about how there's a lot of optimism and excitement surrounding IU basketball right now, and they still have another four and a half months before they even tip, uh, tip off uh, to start the college basketball season. But what sort of things uh, would you tell IU fans as they look ahead to this upcoming era with Mike Woodson leading the team that you maybe learned as you put this book together? I think as, as we wrote the different chapters and we would discuss about what we wanted to cover and the, and the points we wanted to bring out from each game story or each player we profiled or whatever, some of the things that, that struck me was um, the determination, the integrity, the love of the sport, the purity of the game. 
And then the, it's such loyalty, such a loyal fan base, you know, the players that, that we all celebrate were the ones that, that love the fans, the ones that understood what it meant to wear an IU basketball uniform, the ones that understood what it meant each time they took the court that they were representing the state. It was that, it was that love, that, that camaraderie, that, that spirit. If you've never been to a game, and I know Dell said he hadn't, but if you've ever been at a game at Assembly Hall, it, it's like nothing I've ever experienced. I've been to a lot of, of great ball games. Yeah. I'm a big bass, baseball fan, so I'm a big Cubs fan. But, you know, going to Wrigley Field, there's something nice about that. But there is something magical about being at an IU basketball game, whether we're playing, you know, right. we're, you know like a, a preseason game or we're playing like for the Big Ten Championship. Like right. it's just it's just as magical. It's just as wonderful. There's, it's just something special. Until you've been a part of it, it's almost hard to put it into words. So uh, finding those, those moments to celebrate. And, and I think that's what we need to do going forward is, is just to reflect on where we've been, celebrate those times that were good, learn for the times that weren't so good. And let's just go forward with this positive mental energy, just going forward, backing the whole program, giving Coach Woodson our full support, and, you know, criticism there, we've got a couple chapters and I do a whole chapter on how mm-hmm. Bob Knight handled criticism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had a couple poems for us and <laughs> I wrote one of my own in there, but you know, there's, there's a way to handle criticism. There's a way to dish out criticism. But I think what you said earlier was really good. You said that, you know, remember there's somebody, a real person on the end of those tweets mm-hmm. and the end of those social media posts. Let's, let's, it's okay to critique and, and to have our opinions, but let's do it in a kind way in a supportive way. Because it, you know, man, there's a lot of a lot of people that can be brought down by some negativity. It really doesn't do any good things for the world by doing that. But let's just all go forward. Like I don't want to be Pollyanna, but I kind of am because I'm so excited about this upcoming season. I think we've got a lot to be excited about, and let's just keep the right mindset and let's cheer on those Hoosiers. Because uh, you know what, a year off I think kind of taught us how blessed we are to be able to be there in person and to celebrate every single game moment. I cannot wait. Same, same here. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah. That's one of the reasons we really like the title because, mm-hmm. you know, the heart of the Hoosier. And yeah. that's that there kind of says it all, really, because not every team has that. Yeah, that's True. right. 100%. Their names are Del Didwai and Michelle Medlock Adams. They wrote the book Heart of a Hoosier, A Year of Inspiration from IU Men's Basketball. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I appreciate I loved having both of you on our podcast tonight. Uh, that about wraps it up for our 204th show of the Hoosier Sound. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support. Thank you to our live audience. You're all beautiful people. To hear more fantastic episodes like the one you heard today, be sure to follow us at Indiana HQ to make sure you don't miss any in the future. You can also go to our website, indianahq.com to find it all in one place. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, leave us a review. Tell a friend, share our links. Your support really helps us grow this podcast and reach more passionate IU fans such as yourself. But as always, thank you for listening, Hoosier Nation, and we'll see you next time.